Glory to God. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 12. Consider him. Consider him. Lest you be weary in your mind and faint. When you're struggling, he's not being considered. Whenever you're struggling, he's not being considered. What he went through on the cross, all that agony, long lineage of hostility Jesus plowed through. He trusted God. God set some joy in front of Jesus. That joy was his love. He's got to set that love in front of you if you're going to make it through them tests and trials. Wherefore, we, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easy beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, how he loved us, who he is, the one sent from God, the Christ, the Son of the living God, looking unto him. Why? He knows everything. <clears throat> He's been through what you and I go through, yet without sin. He has all the wisdom and all the answers. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 <clears throat> that God made Jesus to be our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification and redemption. He's our wisdom. He knows what to do. We might not know, but we know he knows. We can believe he knows. And we can get to him anytime. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. Remember now, of faith. <clears throat> Remember, he's, the, he's, he's faith. And God, God, you know, when Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have the faith of God. Well, really, that, that faith of God is what came in Jesus. When Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and don't doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith. Now, it's not just saying it. It's believing what you say going to happen. And you need Jesus to say it. You need the written word to have wrote it. You need to hook up with him. Or you need the Holy Spirit leading you. And Jesus said, if you're not doubting your heart, but believe those things which you say, if in doubting in your heart, men, is considering the physical senses, <clears throat> questions, doubts, fears, wondering. He said, if you're not do that, but believe those things which you said. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, it'll come to pass. You'll have whatsoever you say. You'll have whatever you say. So you have to learn how to grow in this. <laughs> I had a guy at our church. This guy, man, is a genius. Uh, he's a contractor. He did our building. Matter of fact, he did the majority of it by himself. We we hadn't had to fix nothing. He's he's just a, he's I don't know, he just he just ain't he something else. 
you know, he, he, and, uh, he, he didn't do the wiring and roofing and some of that stuff, <clears throat> but he went and, and gutted out the place and put sewer lines in, dug all of it up, hooked it up, did all the bathrooms. We had somebody come and put new ceilings in downstairs. Um, and the century heat and air, and he he just did everything. He looked after everything, made sure everything was done right. <clears throat> Real blessing from God. Well, you know, last year he was earlier this year he was really struggling. Got discouraged. And I came to him and said, "Brother, what's wrong?" Well, you. Just can't find no work. He said, I, I got insurance. I'm bonded. <laughs> and these people out here don't have no insurance. They're doing the work so cheap, I can't get none. I said, who told you that lie? And he was really having what he said. Because he had believed that Jesus couldn't get him no work. He was looking at what it looked like. That's doubting in your heart, man. So I got him to repent of that and tell the Lord he's sorry real quick. I said, now start confessing. <clears throat> man, we got plenty of work. I said, I know, I, know, I know you ain't working yet. Man, he wasn't working. Bills done got tight. Everything tight. He been saying that stuff for several months. I said, well, don't worry about your bill. I said, God, God will give you enough work to straighten all that out. I said, just start saying, man, I got plenty of work. Just look in the mirror every day and say, I got plenty of work. Glory to God. Woo! I got so much work, man. It wasn't two or three weeks. He got some $30,000, $50,000 contracts. They just rolled in. Rolled in. You're going to have what you say. <clears throat> so you better, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with your words. So he can help you. You've you got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Looking unto Jesus to often finish your faith. We never have bad months. We never have slow months in the summer. I, I hear my pastor friends say, Man, people on vacation in the summer. And I said, well, they send they tithe in before they go at our church. If you go on vacation, you ought to send your tithe in before you go. You ought to take care of God's house. You know, you want to get back home safe, don't you? <laughs> you know, people have to be taught. Men, y'all got to be taught to put the Lord first. It's important for you to honor Jesus. Your tithing is, is honoring him. If you go back and study Abraham, you'll see he, he didn't tithe to get God to bless him. <clears throat> God's already blessed you in Jesus. You don't give God no money trying to get God to bless you. You honor him because he has blessed you. Jesus died for you. You already blessed. So when, he, when, when, when blessings come to you, your, your, your tithe is, is honor. Abraham was not told that out of commandment. I command you to do this. 
He was he done that out of revelation because the Lord had gave him victory and over them slaughters. And he came back in honor to high priest. The Bible tells us in the New Testament, Hebrew, it takes seven or eight times where Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. Says it over and over. That Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. That means we honor Jesus, our great high priest, out of love. And then you give your offerings and God blesses them because some of y'all make too much money just to give God 10%. Listen, you, you know, when you make six and seven digits, then God got to get a larger percentage of your money. Because you're real tight if all you're trying to give him is 10%. Right. Boy, I didn't get no amens on that. <laughs> God, it was quiet in here. You should be working to give. You should be getting blessed to give. You, you don't, listen, I, I, I hadn't prayed. I heard Dad Hagen back in the <laughs> mid-90s. I'm just sitting in a service. I, I, I went to hear dad three, five times every year. I just went where he was. And he said, I ain't prayed for money in over 30 years. I said, I got on the edge of my seat. I said, what? I was praying for it every day. Over every meal. They, they, they got met, but I, I prayed. And so I wanted to find out what. He said, I just say the money's coming. Man, I couldn't wait to get back to my hotel. I got back to my hotel and just fell on my knees. I said, Lord, from this day forward, I'll never pray about money again. Now I do for ministry and church now. I do pray and, and get something. I'm talking about personal. I said, from this day forward, I'm just going to believe the money's coming. That's in 1994. It's been 20 years. And it just, it works perfect. I just believe the money's coming. I just say, well, the money's coming. And I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I really believe that money coming. And it comes every time. The business coming. All that work's coming. Glory to God. <laughs> God's got them angels. And they're working. They're causing it to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. You remember what, what I went over? who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. One of the hardest things I, I see with men a lot of times, <clears throat> some women too, is receiving correction. And people get all uptight when you correct them. So I teach people to love correction. That God will never love you if you don't let him correct you. And the person you don't want to never be mad at and let the devil get any ick in you about is your pastor. You don't want to receive no accusations against your pastor. Nothing in your mind. You say, get out of in Jesus' name. You don't receive that from somebody or the devil. 
And so I teach, I teach people how to submit. I, I tell them when they come to church, I say, listen, I'm going to rebuke you. So get ready, it's coming. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to show you where you're wrong. You might not even see it. But if you, if you listen and obey, you, you'll see the light in it. You walk down the road a little bit. And I run into people. And I have to correct them and show them that they're wrong. And, and, and every now and then, you know, I had a couple in church, I told, they smooching. Dude, about 40 years old. I said, man, it's a little late for that. You know, you, you know I understand somebody did got married. <laughs> but you 40 years old, you ain't got to be doing that out in no public. I hold my wife's hand, out, you know, and stuff like that. Out we walk and hold hands. But we ain't, grind, ain't grinding all on her and doing all that out in public. And, and so I finally, I, I sit there and watch it for several months in church. I finally just went, I said, sir, y'all need to stop that in church. Just rubbing her and massaging her right there in the church. I said, sir, you, y'all stop that. They didn't come back. Said I didn't walk in love. That was love. It was distracting people from being able to receive the word. Oh, he's, he's scratching her back. Just going down, making rolls. <laughs> and, and it was distracting. And I had to make him stop. And they didn't come back. He was a, a state trooper. She had uh, leukemia. Uh, what was that disease she had? Uh, uh, lupus. It was lupus. Got healed. Totally healed. Went back to the doctor and found trace in the body. <laughs> when he, they, he got offended at him, they didn't come back to church and Lupus came back on him. He got fired from the state trooper. They got divorced and they went through hell. Their daughter's in jail. He, he went through hell, man. I, I, I'm, I'm telling y'all, you, you're smart. L listen, look under Jesus. You don't go through this. Go to James chapter 4, verse... I teach this regularly. <laughs> Me and y'all need to hear this. You need to hear this. James chapter 4, verse 6. Well, let me read 5. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusts to envy? Y'all just give me the New Living Translation on that. The Holy Spirit in us always lusts and jealousy longs for us to be faithful to what the Lord say. There's a battle going on in every one of the flesh and the spirit. And um, this just makes it more clear. Do you think that the scripture have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And so the Holy Spirit's always going to testify of Jesus. It's always going to point you to Jesus. If you've not been pointed to Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit. That's how we tell false doctrine real easy. Verse 6, and look at verse 6. He giveth more grace. You want to live where you're getting more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. You ever been resisted? <laughs> Boy, I have. I've seen times when, 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 Money just dried up. 
I thought I'm living holy and sanctified and I, I wasn't living wrong, but but I, I done got out of the spirit. Didn't know it. My wife did something I didn't like. I said, I forgive you. Did you hear that? I forgive you. Boy, you had a little attitude in there. <clears throat> and um, later on that, that night or next day, she asked me to take out the trash. Man, why she didn't take it out herself? Why I got to take out the trash? Man, I'm just a grump. And I, I know ain't none of y'all never done that. <laughs> no money coming in. <laughs> Stuff just dried up. I went and finally fell on my knees and started crying to the Lord. Said, Lord, I, 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 I do everything you tell me. Why, why we ain't being blessed? I expect to be blessed every day. If I don't, I got to go seek him, find out what's wrong. And the Lord said to me, you've been in unforgiveness towards your wife the last two days. Your attitude stinks. I can't bless that. So I took my screwdriver out. I always keep a screwdriver. I got a big one. And the, and the point goes right here to my heart. And I, I, like a carburetor, and I adjust it to get anything ain't right out. So I repented and made an adjustment. I said, all right, Lord, I love her now. Now all the money came in next day or two. I went and told my wife. I said, honey, is there anything I can do for you? I love you. I got that straight. She could ask me to do something now. And there wasn't no ick there. She couldn't see the ick, but he could. You can't hide that ick from him. He resists the proud. <laughs> now, how many of y'all know what the proud is? That's Pastor. You know what the proud is? Let me show y'all real quick. Over in Luke 14, verse 11. Let me show you the proud. This will bless you. Whoever exalts himself shall be abased. He that humbled himself shall be exalted. This word abase here in the Greek, one translation I study, whoever exalt himself shall always be brought to live in your own human strength. That's all that means. And God is going to resist you when you're trying to bring your strength to him. He can't work with it. He only works with Jesus, what he did in Jesus, what Jesus say. And so God gives more grace, but he resists people who live in their own human strength. But he gives grace to the humble. Go back to James. He gives grace to the humble. When you ain't getting grace, you're not humble. Go get humble. Humble means when you have laid your dependency on him. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes is on you. You lay your dependency on him. Now look, then he said, verse 7, submit to God. <laughs> Ooh, that's big. How do you submit to God? You, you, you remember? How do you honor God? 
How do you honor Jesus? You have to honor his words. How do you submit to God? You have to submit to his words. You can't submit to God and you don't submit to his words. His words is what's in Jesus. And, and listen, even the apostles, listen, them are Jesus' words. Because the Holy Spirit told them what to write. And Jesus told the Holy Spirit what to tell them to write. And everything that Jesus told them to write, the Father told him. So watch. When you submit to God, you're really submitting to Jesus. Because Jesus once told us, in his name we'll cast out devils. He told us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, <clears throat> listen carefully to this, casting down imagination, arguments, reasonings, any kind of reason or theory that exalts itself against the knowledge of love that's in Jesus. Bringing into captivity, watch the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You ever notice he never said to the obedience of God? Why? Because when the devil comes against the knowledge of God, he's coming against what Jesus taught, said, and did. And you're to make everything obey what Jesus said by speaking and doing what Jesus said do. You make it obey Jesus. Because he made every knee bow to him. And so when you submit yourself to God, you submit to his authority, you submit to your pastor, <laughs> you submit to me while I'm teaching you. What I teach you from Jesus. And look now, and resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee, he'll run with terror. When you can't resist him, you're not submitted. The devil wants you here all day, man, where you're not hooked up with your church. Now, let me, let me tell y'all a little something about me. I grew up on streets, and I grew up with my grandma was a Christian woman. And then my daddy taught me all this other stuff. I go to church on Sunday. I stay out all weekend with him, get high, gamble. And so I, I, I kind of, I didn't learn both of them, but I learned how to respect my grandmother. And then I, I learned a lot of crazy stuff on the streets. The thing that Jesus wanted from me when I got born again, he wanted my heart where he could tell me what to do every day. And I fell in love with his forgiveness. I love forgiving people. I love forgetting the past. You can't walk in this if you don't learn to love it. That's the first thing Jesus started teaching me when I got saved. He said, I want you to hate marijuana. I want you to hate drinking. I want you to hate lust. I want you to hate stealing. I want you to hate lying. I used to get more, they used to give me too much money at the bank. I'd go out in the car and cry and thank the Lord that he changed me and then go back in there and give them their money back. I remember <clears throat> I didn't pay for some paper towels and I got out to my trunk. I was loading everything in. The Lord, he said, you didn't pay for those paper towels. I said, yes, I did, Lord. Here, I got the receipt. I paid for everything in there. And I looked at the receipt. I, I didn't pay for them. Ain't that something I told the Lord I did? I said, I said well, I'll take care of tomorrow. He said, no, you need to go back in there and pay. I wanted to go home. Well, I got about halfway down a block and just miserable, miserable. 
I made a U-turn in the street and went back up there. When I took the paper towels in, all my peace came back. Man, I'm glad I obeyed. Can you imagine don't obey him? You're, you're really miserable trying to fake it on the outside. I learned. Jesus taught me, men, to hate darkness. Now, how do you hate darkness? You speak it. How do you love righteousness? You speak it and then do what he did. You just start every day saying how much you love him, how much you love Jesus and you love obeying him and, and you start telling him how much you love submitting to him and doing, you have to, you have to say this, man, every day. Any area that you've been in bondage in or the devil's trying to rash you in, speak, speak how much you hate it every day. The Lord will take those words and, 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 and uh, bring them to pass. Well, you won't walk in that no more. How do you steal no more? You say, I don't steal anymore. I don't talk about people. <laughs> Me and my wife just filled our whole home up. We, do, we just, every day, we just speak how much we love. Now, when she was in bondage, I just did it by myself. The devil can't tear up a man of God's home, even if his wife is in bondage. If that man will do what Jesus said, he can't do it. I'm proof of it. <laughs> you have no excuses. You're the head. Man, when I cut my son went to college, he said, man, I'm so glad my daddy didn't leave me. He said, all the young men on the football team had babies. And not even said I'm there to have fathers. He said, boy, I'm glad my daddy stayed. Your children need you. Your hookup at church, men, is your life support. And the word of God. The words come from Jesus' lips. I know I put more emphasis on that. Because he told me to. And so this submission thing, you know, is, 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 is people get all wound up about submitting. And, but it's really easy. I submitted to my past and my father, Kenneth E. Hagan. Easiest thing in the world. I just wanted to serve. I used to, when the ladies had a ladies' lunch, and I'd go down there and watch the children. First time I went in there, a little child came up to me and said, uh, <laughs> I ain't doing nothing you say. I said, whoa, 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 what's wrong with you? <laughs> and you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't went over no rules in the nursery, you understand? I said, come here, boy, you and I need to go in the bathroom. He said, I'm not going in there, Jesus. I drug him in there. So I took my belt off, and I hit, I hit my hand. I hit the toilet seat real hard. I said, listen, I hit real hard. That's my son. You really don't want to feel this. He said, I don't. I said, now all your little friends out there, they always do what you say, don't they? Yeah. You go out there and tell all them to obey Reverend Scales. 
<laughs> I hugged him and loved on him. And uh, we became buddies. But I had to take my belt off to do it. And then it happened the next year. I just I was painting, I was evangelist traveling around the country. I'd go preach at over 100 churches a year. No, eight to 10 months out of the year. Then I'd be out there painting uh, the, the parking poles and get paint all over me. I wasn't used to doing it, you know. But I, I just, man, when they had something to do, oh man, I, I just wanted to do something for God. Just wanted to serve. After church, <clears throat> I, I'd go around pick up trash. I just didn't like stuff in, in God's house. I just found something to do. I just plugged in. I'm evangelist. Five-fold ministry. Anoint it. Get people healed, delivered. No, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. Now, I've been on TV 10 years, seven days a week. And we, 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 this, the, the, the owner that uh, run the station said me and another ministry are the only ones never missed. Like we always been a month ahead. And we ran out of money a bunch of times. What'd you do? <laughs> I go take the account book and hold it up to heaven. Say, Lord, your account book empty. <laughs> I ain't taking that pressure on me. It's your work. And that money would come. Man, I'm telling you, it'll come. He's faithful. He's faithful. But you got to learn. You got to grow. You got to come to church. You got to be faithful. You can do it. You can do it, man. Go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Matthew. When Jesus was in into Capernaum, there came unto him a satyrian beseeching him, Saying, Lord, my servant laughed at home, sick of palsy, grievously torment. Jesus said unto him, I'll come and heal him. Man, that's, that's lightning words. I'll come and heal him. He wasn't even a Jew. He wasn't even a Jew. But he had faith. Because Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Jesus, the Lord never responded to doubt and unbelief. And this man had the nerve. The satyrian answered Jesus. Jesus said, I'll come. And said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should have come under my roof. He knew Jews and Gentiles didn't come under each other's roof. He knew the Jews had a, had a covenant with God through Abraham. And he knew that, they, that Peter said, I've never been under no Gentile roof. God had to open his eyes up, get him and go to Cornelius. I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. Now watch, watch his faith. Speak the word only. Well, I'm a man under authority. My son never talked back to me, but he, he got riled up at me when he got home from college because <clears throat> I asked him to do something, and he took his little darling time. And then when I asked him about it, he, he got smart acting. Instead, I got to study. You want me to make A's, don't you? 
No, I don't care about no age. I care about you doing what I tell you. Better obey than sacrifice. And he, I seen him getting, getting sore. I listened down inside for Jesus to tell me what to tell him. I said, well, son, when you start your business, if you get out of your Ph.D., you start entrepreneur. And I said, and you tell your employees, I want y'all to do this. Are you going to want them to tell you when they feel like doing it? Or are you going to want them to go ahead and do it? He said, Dad, I'm sorry. You forgive me. He said, I ain't going to want that. Jesus can tell you what to say to your children, what to say to everybody, if you'll let him teach you. And he said, I'm a man under thought to have him sold unto me. And I say, this man go, he go up to another cup. He come up to another do this. And he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, now listen to this. He marveled. <laughs> now that's powerful. If you can get God to marvel. He marveled. And said unto them that followed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Great faith, men, is when you go and say, Lord, speak the word only. My situation get fixed. Speak the word. I used to pray like this when I was a baby Christian. Then I started learning all this knowledge and <laughs> I started doing you know, start just believing, you know, you know, because you got the word, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But I'm telling y'all what I used to do, I, <laughs> man, I would go and uh, I had a niece, she had a blood clot, she was in a coma, she had tumors on her brain. And my, 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 my wife now, we weren't married then, she said, she said, uh, will, will you go and pray for her? She knew it when I prayed for people, they got healed. And, and uh, I said, well, let me pray about it. So I went and got on my knees. I said, Lord, I said, Lord Jesus, will you heal her? And she said, all right, I will. So I went to the hospital. I had some shorts and tennis shoes. You know, I, was, I wasn't that old. I, was, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even a year old in the Lord. I was going up there like this, <laughs> singing on the elevator. I just, I just knew he was going to kill her. Why? He, he said he would. I went in there and they had all these machine tubes on and I, I told her mother, my wife, and her sister that they had to leave the room. There wasn't nothing going to happen while they was in there. All that doubt and unbelief. They left out and I began to pray over that child. When I got through praying, I could feel the presence of God. I said, Lord, I, I, I know you healed her. You, you told me you would. I said, but could you just let me see something? Let her wake up, Lord. I mean, just like you snap your fingers. She just woke up, come right out of, out of the, the coma, and just jumped up and grabbed and, and came in my arms. I'm holding her. But you know, I done pushed all them tubes off of her and all that, all that done popped off. And so the machine's going off. And they put me out of the hospital. But she went home the next day well. That's a good reason to get put out. And I, I just asked Jesus. I had a, a football player, Titan. He, he still go to church. His family is blessed. <laughs> His daughter's on, done did movies. And 
uh, they call a cocoa. And um, and he 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 played for the Titans and Arizona. Big old guy, man. I love Mike. And he's done. He been retired years ago, but he came to church, man. I mean, he did. He'd walk like this, man. And so he was coming over to, to have lunch with me, him and a couple more of the men. And I just woke up that morning. I said, Lord Jesus, will you heal him? I said, Lord, I know he don't have the faith. But I know you can still do it. Because I'm asking you. Jesus said, I will. So while, while we was getting ready, I was praying over the food. I just took this, this a little break and said, Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus. According to your words, he told me I will. His foot's here. I mean, he went home, couldn't, hadn't been able to go to gym in years, went home, put on some shoes. He, he, he had to cut the front of his, all, all his shoes out. Went home, put on a pair of tennis shoes, and went to the gym and worked out. Where'd that come from? Jesus' words. Listen, man, it's believing when he say, listen, when he say something, it's over. I'm just building y'all up. And, and when my man got home, his servant was whole. Jesus said unto the satan, go thy way, as thou hast believed. Believe what? <laughs> now get this now, so you, you'll see the whole thing. What did the servant believe? If you speak it, Jesus, it'll happen. Look what his believing was. You have the words of eternal life. So be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self thing hour when Jesus spoke it. He's still doing this stuff today, y'all. Remember what I told y'all in John 20, verse 31? Turn there. These things are written. Oh, you got to get this. This is, oh man, I did a whole message on this. It is written. That you might believe Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, when you believe through what's written about Jesus, you might have his life through his name, through in the name, in the name. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. You'll have that life working in any area you need it to work in, no matter what it is. You understand, when, 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 when Jesus healed somebody, everybody else came and said, the woman with the issue of blood, how did she get her healing? Oh, she didn't get it by faith. Huh? No. That's what started. She heard about Jesus, and that brought faith to her to make her speak something. She heard about Jesus. What did she hear? He was healing everybody. 
He wasn't healing nobody, no blood disease. He was opening blind eyes. Healing. She didn't care about what it was. She knew he was healing everybody brought to him, and she knew he could do hers. So she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And when she touched it, it came to pass. And Jesus said, daughter, listen, thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace. What was her faith? She heard, she believed and spoke, and then she acted. We, we just been using saying faith without hearing. <clears throat> well, just have faith. No, how about hearing? Faith come by hearing. I'm putting a lot of emphasis on that. And hearing the words come from Jesus' lips. Through his name, you get life through his name. In the name of Jesus. You got to use his name all the time. Let me show you something back in, in 1 Samuel. You know, I love the Old Testament, chapter 30. But I only preach it when the Lord tells me. And I make sure it lines up with Jesus. <laughs> Just for time's sake, uh, David and all his men came back from Ziglag, and the Amalekites invaded the south. And, uh, and Ziglad, smitten Ziglad, burned it with fire. That's pretty bad. You come home, man. They don't burn your house down. Took your wives and your children. That's, that's, oh, man, I can't, can't imagine nothing like that. And they're taking the, the, the women captain and their wives. They didn't slew anybody. But they carried all of them away, went on their way. And David and his men came to the city. Behold, it burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were taken captive. David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept till they had no more power to cry. That's a lot of crying, man, when you can't cry no more. David's two wives and the Bible said in verse 6, David was greatly distressed. And y'all have been there? Oh, I have. Never stayed. <laughs> Great David was greatly distressed. His own men. Could y'all imagine? Now, let me ask Pastor Mark this. Could you imagine coming to church and all the men had stones? As <laughs> if we're going to stone you today? I mean, that's how David was. All these men, they, we done fought together. We done been in war together. Now y'all been to kill me. That's greatly distressed. When I preached it back at the church, I, I ducked it. Some of y'all get that on the way home. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. What did David do? How do you encourage yourself? You have to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in your mouth. You have to bless him because he's love. He knows what to do. You have to bless him. I don't care what nothing feels like. You got to bless him. 
You can praise him no matter what. He ain't the author of death and the author of confusion in your life. There's an enemy coming and doing that to you. God's the author of life. So he's worthy to be praised no matter how you feel it. David began to praise him. David began to praise him. And then David said to Abathar, the, the, the priest, Abelak's son, he said, get me the ephod, uh, the ephod, and that's what the priest wore when they went into the Ark of the Covenant. And look at verse 8. I want you to see this, verse 7 to 30, verse 8. <laughs> David said, oh God, oh God. No, the Bible said he inquired of the Lord what to do. They, they was in faith back then. What do we do, Lord? Do we go up? Do we go? And the Lord said, go after them. You'll recover all. And why did they recover all? Because the Lord said it. And what made the Lord say it? Because David inquired of him. You got to inquire of him. You got to inquire of him, man. He's got them answers. And once he speak a word, David and them had faith. And if God said, we can do it. Peter and them had faith. Tell me to come, Lord. Bid me to come on the water like you. You have to start believing. And if Jesus said, you can do it too. If Jesus said, you can live it too. If Jesus said, you can overcome it too. If Jesus said, you can get through this. You got to start believing Yes, that's sin up right there. No, 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 him, him. Let's stand right here. Take one step back. Lift your hands up. <laughs> I had to wait. Let me just wait on and let the Lord. Yeah, just wait on. I had to wait. And uh, like the Lord just told me something. And uh, ooh, there it comes. Oh. Oh. Oh, this is this is one. Oh, when this comes, it's for him. Be healed in Jesus' name. I loose you from that infirmity in your body, and I command it to go in Jesus' name. Go, go. Y'all lift your hands and thank Jesus. Thank God with your lips, fruit of your lips. Say, Lord, we praise you. We glorify you. Pastor Scales gets no glory. Come on, say it out loud. Jesus, get all the glory. Glory to God. He inquired of the Lord. Some of y'all going to have to seek him. And let me tell you what, what happens when you're not used to doing this. It's going to seem like at first it's not working. Because your faith is not used to doing this. So you stay after it. Till you can get him to say one thing. All you need him to do is tell you one thing. Then when you go do that. You speak that and go do what he tell you. He'll tell you something else. If you ever disobey him once. He'll quit talking to you. Till you go back and get that straight. Just take one. 
I'm telling you, I've been there. I won't do it. You understand? It's just too big a price. I got too much on my shoulders and too much care of the church. I don't have time to play. I got to do what he say. And if I miss it, then I heard him repent. Get that right. How you doing now? Glory to God. He came up and he came up to the table and uh, he was talking about his healing. And, uh, and he said, man, I, have I not done right? I said, well, I don't really know. I said, why don't we just let Jesus love you and heal you? If he want to tell you that, let him tell you that later. Let's go and get healed. And he's up there. He said, well, I, I said, was you up in the prayer line last night? He said, yeah. I said, did, did, you, did, you, did you receive it? He said, well, no. Nah. He said, I was just up there to get, to get blessed. I said, oh, you didn't, you didn't ask specifically. Oh, and that's why you didn't get it. <laughs> According to your faith being done unto you. You just come up there to get a blessing. That's, that's, that's all you're going to get. You come up there to get a healing, you'll get a healing. You can't just think the Lord just going to do it. You got to be specific. Now, let me show you one more thing in the scriptures, and then I'm, I'm going to pray in, in, in uh, John 2. John 2. Verse 2. Well, let me read, let me read uh, 1. John 2, 1. And the third day was a marriage at Canaan of Galilee. Now, I want y'all to say Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. He got invited. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, Jesus, they have no wine. And so usually, you know, your mother say something like that. You say, all right, mother, I'll go get some. Well, he didn't. He was discouraging her. Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour's not yet come. It, Jesus was only about his father's business, and he was telling his mother, my hour ain't come to do nothing for you. That's his mother. You know, sometimes his mother and his sisters and half his mother, Jesus, they weren't his half brother and sisters, but <laughs> in the natural, they looked like they was. Now, Jesus was born from God, the power of the Holy Ghost. And they would come to Jesus' services and said, uh, we want to see Jesus. Um, would you tell him his mother and his sisters and brothers is here? And we want to see him. And so then they say, Jesus, your mother and sisters are them here. Now watch, watch it, watch it. This blows your mind. He turned around and looked at all the disciples and said, My mother, my brethren, my sisters, are they that hear the word of God and do it? And so Mary said here, when he said that, instead of her getting offended at him, his mother said unto the servants, whatever he say, y'all do it. She had revelation. She had revelation, man. And what was she telling him? What he say 
do it. You need to hear that. What Jesus say, speak it, do it. And they didn't speak it, but they went and done that same thing. He said, go fill the pots up, six of them, with water. Then, then after they did the first obedience, he gave them another one. Take the dipper and dip it out. And when it dipped out, it, it turned to water, turned to wine. Because they heard and did what Jesus said. And y'all know the story about the, 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 the they, they was all amazed at the wine, the governor and all them. I want you to go to John 4 and close here. Y'all had to get some CDs. I got some series out there that, that, that'll, that'll really bless you. Look at 442. What was that? What was that city I told y'all to remember? Okay, here we go. Now, after two days, Jesus departed and went into Galilee. Now, wh where is he going now? He, he, he had left, and what's he doing now? He's coming back. And, and where, did, where did he turn the water to wine? Yeah, in the city of Galilee. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, watch. But Jesus himself testified, a prophet have no honor in his own country. Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galatians received him, having seen all that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went into this feast. They was at that marriage too. And let me tell you what happened at that marriage. Them servants went and told everybody. water turned to wine. We did what he said. This is what happened. That thing spread. It's got to spread in your life. Watch. Jesus, did you hear Jesus open blind eyes? A lot of y'all ain't talking like this. That's how it spreads. When you talk about what he did, what he's doing today, what he's doing uh, in your life, what he's doing, you, you heard somebody else did. Watch. Verse 46, so Jesus came again in Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus come out of Galilee, out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him, besought him that he would come down, heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And Jesus testing him. The Norman said unto Jesus, Sir, come down here, my son. My son, my child die. Jesus said unto him, Watch, go thy way, thy son liveth. That man had faith. Where did he get his faith from? He had heard what Jesus did in the city of Galilee. He was over there when they turned that water to wine. He heard about that miracle, and it made him believe if Jesus said it, his son could be healed. This ain't too deep, is it? It's simple. Watch. So as he was going, no, I'm sorry, verse 450. 
Jesus said to him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed, what? The word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Now, how did he believe this word? <laughs> man, Jesus said, my son liveth. Oh, Jesus said, my son liveth. Oh, man, I'm so thankful my son liveth. My son liveth. Jesus said, my son liveth. That's how he believed it. And as he was now, now going down, his servants met him and told him, Thy son liveth. You know, like that was going to really shock him. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. They said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, man, that it was at the same hour in which the master Jesus said unto him, thy son liver, this same Jesus is still speaking and doing the day. He did it. He did it in you, Jack. It's up to you now to speak what Jesus said. No, the Lord healed me at that service. Once you grab it, oh, I got my healing. Now you go, Satan, in Jesus. Now he'll lead it like it. But if you don't speak the word, that stuff will come back on you. <laughs> this is all through the scriptures. A lot of people go pray and don't get no faith. They don't have no story. Before you pray, go get you some stories. Go find out what Jesus did. So when you go, can I give y'all one more verse, man? There's something that came up right down in here. All right, we'll close with this one. Hebrews 4, verse 14, 16. Amen. I'm on time. I really sense in my heart, some of y'all in here need to forgive. Y'all got some old wounds in you, some old hurts. All that stuff, man, is unforgiveness. It's either not receiving forgiveness or you're not living forgiveness. It just clogs you up. Now I got another verse. Let's read this one first, and then we'll read Hebrews last. Galatians 2.20. <laughs> he gave me these scriptures. I wrote them down. But I, I didn't look at it. But if you see Galatians 2.20 down there at the end, Holy Spirit just told me. I have to obey him. He just told me. I just, I just want to do what he say. Watch this. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Christ living in me. Everybody say, Christ is living in me. Living Come on, say, say it with a little boldness. Come on, say that again. Okay, now watch, watch what it means when Christ is living in you. The life you're not living ain't yours. If you still living your life, Christ is not living. He might be in you from being born again, but he ain't living in you. If you still living your life. The life which I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God. 
What would Jesus say? As the father taught him, he spoke. What did the father tell him in John uh, chapter 18? Chapter 10, verse 18. No man taketh my life. I have power to lay it down and power to take it again. This commandment have I received from, the, from my father. The faith of Jesus was how the father loved him, he loved us. Look, look at his faith. I now live in the flesh by the faith of the son of God. How he loved me and gave himself for me. That's how you want to live every day. You want to let him bring something to you every day. You now bring something to him. He questions, wondering. See, well, I don't know what we're going to do. I just keep bringing something to him. Let, him, let him. let him just love you. Just believe in him where he'll just come and love you and show you what to do. And you have to, you have to live this, man, because it, it, it might seem a little tough at first. It might seem like he ain't, he ain't listening to you. Yeah. What you got to do is stay after it till you see it. Make up your mind right now. You're going to stay after him till he tell you something. And once he tell you one thing and you go do it, oh, he got some more for you. He won't stop. You can access him anytime about anything. So I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And what else Jesus do? Gave himself for me. He took my place on the cross, became my punishment, became my sin sacrifice, so that I could be redeemed, forgiven, delivered, and walk in the blessings. Now go to Hebrews. We'll close with this. <clears throat> Listen to Hebrews 4, verse 14 now. Hebrews chapter 4. You'll see it again. It's, it's all in the letters, too. Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Now, who, who is he? Jesus who? Oh, he, he's the Christ. He's the son of God. What's he done did? He's passed into the heavens. Well, where did he come first? He came here on earth. John, John, you remember we read that John 16 uh, of verse 28. I came down from the father and then come in this world again. I leave the world and go back to the father. He's passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. In the Greek, is confession. You haven't taught that. What's your confession? It's to keep saying the same thing about Jesus every day. Who he is and what he did. Hold fast to that. What he did on earth. How God raised him from the dead. God got power. God got strength. God got might. Hold fast to talking about Jesus every day. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He just tell you to call somebody you can preach to. Get men's numbers in the church. Let's call and say, man, Jesus love you. Glory to God. And then hang the phone. <laughs> They'll probably tell you when they see you at church, man, I sure needed that. I sit around sometimes when the Spirit leaves me. I don't do it often, but I just sit around and call people in the church and just, and just, just lift them out of anything they in. And we don't have a church this big, but, you know, 160, 180 people. 
And every time they, I needed it, that was God. That was exactly what I needed. Watch that. Now watch, he goes, he goes from Jesus being the Son of God. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings or the weaknesses of our infirmities. That means he went through everything you and I go through, man. All your struggles, Jesus went through them. A lot of people don't believe this about Jesus. They want to believe, oh, he was perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's the part you want to believe. He was perfect, but he went through this yet without sin. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He never got out of God. Why? He only spoke what God taught him and did what he saw the Father do. That's how you don't sin. If you stay in Jesus and let him tell you what to do. Now look at 16. Let us. Everybody say let us. Let us. Come boldly. Where? <laughs> Why you, when you going to come boldly to the throne of grace? When you see that Jesus knows what to do in your life. He been through it. Didn't fail. Knows how to help you come out. He said, now come boldly when you see who Jesus is and know he's been through what you're going through. Now come boldly with confidence, knowing he knows what to do so you can obtain mercy and grace to help you in a time of need. And he'll do this every day, every second, every minute, every hour. His throne is wide open for those who will believe that Jesus been through it yet without sin. Therefore, I'm coming boldly because I know he know what to do. And he's getting ready to help me because he know what to do. I told my son, Josh. Josh, you want to share your, a little bit of your testimony in the, recently and what the Lord had to do to get you out of that mess? <laughs> give, me, give me a microphone for Josh. Share that, share that with me. Bless you. Praise the Lord. Um, I've been saved since 2001. But for two years before February of this year, I got in a big rut. And the main reason I got in the rut, the Lord showed me, was because it became about me. Um, when it becomes about you, it will not be about Him. You can go to church. You can go through the motions, you can serve, you can usher, you can do all those things, but it will not be about him. It's self-centered, it's self-motivated. That's why Jesus said, if any man come after me, he must deny himself. You can't even follow him without denying yourself. So, for those two years, I mean, nothing worked. I was miserable. I knew the word. I could quote the word. I could tell you the word. I could help you. But I couldn't help myself because Jesus was not manifesting to me. He was not being real to me at that moment. I was still in church. I wasn't out of church. You know, I wasn't getting away from that. I was still helping Pastor Scales. But my life was self centered. And one thing that Pastor Scales really helped me with is he never beat me up. I was already beat up. I felt horrible. 
I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And I didn't know how to get free from it. And the main thing that got me free, and that will keep you free, it's the goodness of God that brings you to repentance. It wasn't him telling me, Josh, you're not right. It wasn't that. It was him loving me. And that was Jesus. And after, it was February of this year, actually, um, I just had enough. I said, there's something wrong with me, and this, this is not right. You know, pastor had been ministering to me, you know, and all these different things, you know, giving me the word and all that stuff. But I had to get to Jesus for myself. I had to get on my face. And I had to cry out to him. And I had to get real. And I didn't want it to be about me anymore. And one thing that the Lord has showed me over these last six, six months And I meditate on this every day. It's the cross. Because without the cross in front of you every day, you're not going to be able to love your spouse, those around you, those you work with, your brothers and sisters. Because when they do you wrong, that's when you're going to find out. That's where the rubber meets the road. And what Pastor Scales gave me is he gave me Jesus. You know, he could have told me all the things I was doing wrong. I really already knew him, but he just kept loving me, and that love brought me out, and that love was the same thing Jesus did on the cross. Mm. See, a lot of people miss that. They say, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, and that's a head, a mental ascent of knowing, well, I know what Jesus did, but, but when you really know what he did, it'll be able to reproduce in your life, and you'll be able to give that to somebody else, because you'll be able to help others come out. Because there's going to be times in your life, you know, you don't feel super spiritual. You don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like helping Pastor Mark. You don't feel like hearing Pastor Mark. But you got to press in and get to Jesus and get hungry and thirsty and say, Lord, I'm coming after you. I've got to have you. I've got to have you more than anything in this world. And that develops that hunger. And I got to share with them at the table earlier today. Back, it was back in July, the Lord told me, he said, why are you coming to church to hear Pastor Scales? And I'm thinking, well, well, he's my pastor. That's a good reason. He said, you need to be coming to hear from me. See, when, when I'm not coming to hear Jesus, you know, I'm missing the whole point of the gospel. What he's teaching you guys is to be imparted into your lives to go and reproduce it outside the four walls of this church. Because what Jesus did for you You've got to give it away. The more you give it away, the more it becomes real to you. Because Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely give. And man, I wasn't giving it away for two years, and I was miserable. Now, I can quote the Bible to you. I knew scriptures, and I knew how to help you. But it wasn't real. That's just a knowledge. And it's, the Bible says, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. But when I really got honest and I really got real with him, he began to manifest himself to me. And it wasn't because, you know, and like I said, I always go back to this point. Pastor Scales never beat me up. He never said, man, you're just not right. He just loved me. And I was broken because of that love. See, when you take a look at the cross every morning, you get up and you realize the price Jesus paid for you. Mm. 
You can't hold anything against anybody. It's impossible. Because you know if it wasn't from him, for him, you would be in the same position the person mistreating you. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd all be there. Always take a look at the cross. That's what I keep in front of me every day. doesn't matter what my wife does, what people I work with do. That doesn't matter to me. I know what he did. They're not the barometer of how I'm going to be today. What he did is. Because a lot of times we let things, we let stuff going on in our lives frustrate us and irritate us. But look at what Jesus did, and those things will look so meaningless. Because what he did, the price he paid for us, man, it's farther than our, our minds could ever imagine and fathom. He did it all in advance. He wasn't saying, hey guys, are, are they going to love me? I'm going to go to the cross, but are these guys going to love me? No, he didn't say that. He went to the cross because of the Father's love for him. So you take up your cross daily. doesn't matter how people treat you. You choose to forgive because he forgave you. The words I meditate on most of all is one of the words he just read. I've been crucified with Christ. I die daily. Josh is not getting up today. I'm going to do what Jesus said. If any man comes after me, Jesus said he must. He didn't say it was an option. He must deny himself. Take up your cross. Then you qualify to follow him. You know, we can go to church, we can sing the songs, we can meet together and have fellowship, which I encourage you to do that. But get to know Him. When you get to know Him, you'll begin to look like Him. And when people see you, they'll see Jesus. They'll say, man, there is something different about you. I make an effort every day that that person I'm standing in front of, whether I'm at the cash register, at a grocery store, wherever it is, I make it my goal to love that person in front of me. I don't want nothing back from them. I'm not looking for them to receive it. I'm not looking for them to respond. I'm just looking to give it. Because the more you want something, the more you won't get it. For you husbands, loving your wife, doesn't matter whether they love you back. The cross wasn't based on whether they love you back. He gave you the new commandment to love one another. It would have been great if he'd said, hey, if everybody loves you, you love them. But he said, actually, that's what the pagans do. He said, so you love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. That's my goal every day. It doesn't matter whether my wife loves me or not. She does, but that doesn't matter. My goal is to love her, to see Jesus, what he did, have fellowship with him, relationship with him, and give that to her. Give that to my fellow coworkers, employees, whoever I may be around. And that's your goal every day is to give this love away. The more you give it away, the more he'll do for you. But when you hold on to it, and you just you know, read your Bible, and it becomes religion to you, it, it messes up. It, you don't walk with him. And it's a sad place to be. There's a lot of believers like that. I was like that for two years. And it was a very horrible place to be. But when I got real with him, he began to open it up to me and show me his love for me. And now I have something to give you. Whether you ever love me or not, that doesn't really matter to me. Because that wasn't the new commandment he gave me. The new commandment was just for me to love you. To see the cross. To see his love. To give it away. One thing I tell people every day. 
is you must represent Him. Because the world is looking for Jesus. They're looking for something. They better see Him in you. Because when they see Him in you, man, they'll know, man, there's something different about you. And they'll see Him and they'll want that. And they'll want to know, hey, man, where do you go to church? What do you do? You know, all these questions. I worked in a place just part-time. I shared with some of the guys today. And this one particular guy watched me for over a month. He said, dude, what is wrong with you? He said, you're so happy and chipper every day I see you. I was like, dude, it's Jesus, man. He changed my life. He's like, man, I can tell. You know, they notice the way you respond in situations. That's where the rubber meets the road. Jesus told me years ago, he said, I'm not looking at how people treat you. And I was kind of thinking, well, that's a little insensitive. But he said, no, I'm looking at how you respond when they do treat you. And then he gave me the story because I was like, well, you know, show me in the word. So when Jesus was walking to the village and him and John and the other disciples with him, and he looked as if he was ready to go on to the, past the Samaritans, and the Samaritans got offended. They're like, well, why ain't he stopping? Minister to us. And John and the other disciples saw this, and they said, Lord, look at how them people treated you. Let's call down fire from heaven. Burn them up. He looked at them. He didn't deal with the village, the people that, you know, had acted that way. He dealt with his disciples. Mm, that's good. He said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. I didn't come to destroy men's lives. I came to save them. He didn't deal with the people that, got, that he was getting mistreated wow. by. He dealt with those, how they responded toward that. So always remember, how you respond in situations is vital to your walk with Jesus. Amen. And I just want to encourage you guys, get to know him. This message you've heard all weekend and what you'll continue to hear tomorrow, let this become alive in you. Hear the CDs. Get in the Word. Faith always comes by hearing, and it'll never come by what you heard. You always have to get feet on the Word. Meditate on the Word. Let Jesus open it up where you can go and live it every single day. Hey, Don't make no excuses. Listen, tell them, when Josh was, was in, in this state early this year, and I had been watching him kind of, I'd ask him all every week, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm carefree, and that stuff didn't work. And uh, <clears throat> what, 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 I, what I did um, was got Josh to seek the Lord after he repented, got forgiveness, got all that condemnation off of it. That stuff was rough on you. And it didn't come off instantly either. But I said, Josh, why don't you just seek him to tell you what to do? did. And the Lord told me to start blessing Pastor Scales every week with just a certain amount he'd given me. And I don't miss. I do it every single week. What, what happened, Josh? Oh, everything turned around. Everything turned around. Because Jesus gave me one thing to do, and I did it. See, my goal every day is just to do what he says. I'm not looking for something more. I'm not looking for ministry not looking for none of that. I'm just looking to do what he tells me to do today. And so when you focus on that, he'll make everything else work. Yeah, yeah. Because that's all I've done all year since that time in February. It's February the 14th, actually. Um, and ever since then, I mean, my life has been totally different. I have a greater appreciation for the word, for the cross, 
for the price Jesus paid. And just hearing him, just like Jesus' mother said, just do what he tells you. It's real simple. We make it hard. Just do what he tells you. Now, man, listen, there's some men here today that you're hurt. Some of y'all need to come to the altar, get on your knees all around here, and just cry out to the Lord. We've had a good time. And, um, and if, you need, if you need special prayer, you're hurt, you're down, Jesus want to lift that off of you. Some of y'all just need to come up to the altar and just get on your knees, get on your face. Just for a few minutes. And let's cry out to him. Amen. Come on when you get ready. Praise God. Somebody will break the ice. It's broke now. Just come up here and get on your face. Tell the Lord you're so sorry if you need to. I'm, I've sinned against you, Lord. I've been in unbelief. I'm so sorry, Lord Jesus. Wash me in your blood and cleanse me. And then say, Lord, change me. I, I, I don't want to stay like this. I, I want to I, I love my wife. <laughs> I want to get, get my relationship renewed. Come on, y'all. Man, come on, man. Y'all got to get before the Lord, man. The church got to get back at the altar. Altars where it's at. The presence of God is here. Come on and talk to him. Come on back to the altar. Come on.